Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. politics is to keep the populace alarmed and hence clamorous to be led to safety by an endless series of hobgoblins, most of them imaginary. Or in other words, politics is about scaring the crap out of you folks. But I don't think that's my role this evening, and we'll get to that theme in a little bit, but... First, I would be very disappointed in myself if I didn't tell you about a big sponsor of the show, Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group. He wants to be your all-around real estate agent. Not only if you're looking for a buyer's agent, somebody who can help you buy that first home or maybe buy that new place because you have a growing family, different circumstances, but also somebody can help you list your property. Get it on all the different websites that people go look for when they're looking to buy a home. He'll walk you through the process of why he thinks this will be the best price for the home on the market. He's not just going to throw out a number out of thin air, and he's not going to be one of these realtors who, as you sign a contract, hammers a sign right down in your yard and waits for people to call. No, he's going to get out there. He's going to make sure you're on all the top websites. He's going to be, well, you know, using me on occasion to show, oh, this home's for sale, that home's for sale. He's going to help you understand the things you can do to make sure your home gets off the market quick, how to do a successful open house, what sort of repairs need to be done or renovations that would take that house from a certain price point to another level? This is just some of the things Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group can do. So if you're looking for a real estate agent that can buy, sell at all points in between, give them a call, 322-0662. Again, that number for Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group, he wants to be your real estate agent, 322-0662. Now back to the show. Back to this idea that the whole aim of practical politics is to keep you people, myself included because I am a person, alarmed and hence clamorous for safety and security. And how do we do this? Well, sometimes life really is scary, isn't it? It's unnerving. Full of horrors. Or just simple anxieties. But I find myself these days, especially when I see what the national media is doing, I find myself not surprised, nor am I scared. 
And I also find myself remembering a line that Jeff Daniels threw out in Newsroom to kick off that doozy of a show. Whatever you think of it, this one line keeps rambling and rattling around in my, yes, nearly empty skull. When did Americans start to scare so easy? Now, maybe that's golden age thinking. Maybe our forefathers and ancestors that came before us that founded this country scared easy. I don't think they did, though. But let's put some meat on the bones. What exactly are you talking about, Joey? Well, I've been talking about something for weeks now. You know, I call it like I see it. Not a Republican, I'm not a Democrat. And some days I don't even feel like a libertarian. I'm just a guy living in America. And so, I haven't always been ready to praise our president, Donald J. Trump, but on the issue of war, not starting any new wars, and trying to get us out of this endless, perpetual game of nation-building, I tip my hat to you, Donald Trump, for this and for your hilarious antics. Today, Donald Trump responded to Nancy Pelosi's letter that she doesn't think he should have the State of the Union because of security concerns, because of the shutdown. He responded by canceling her scheduled, as he put it, public relations trip to Brussels, Egypt, and Afghanistan. And he did this while a whole bus full of Democrats from the Congress were on their way to the military plane. And seeing some of their responses, whether it's Pelosi or Steny Hoyer, Chuck Schumer, they're pissed off. But I think most Americans find this hilarious. So I thank Donald Trump for his hilarious antics, whether it's serving McDonald's or pissing off the Democrats or having these amazing, amazing memories, photos of this man from years far gone. Just look him up. Donald Trump, you are a gift that keeps on giving. But that's just for laughs, for lulls, if we're going to butcher the kings. What I'm really thankful for, what I'm really serious for, and what I really want to tip my hat to you, though I'm not wearing a hat, good sir. Thank you for pulling troops out of Syria. Thank you for sticking by it. Because what I thought would come to pass, indeed it has come to pass. As soon as Donald Trump made this grand and wonderful announcement... As soon as he made that announcement that we are withdrawing troops from Syria, I said, thank God, thank you, sir. I tip my hat to you, but watch out, folks, because the people in the national media, the establishment deep state, whether it's on Fox News or MSNBC or CNN or NBC or CBS or ABC whether it's Chuck Schumer or Nancy Pelosi, Lindsey Graham, Marco Rubio, or even a new rookie in the Congress, Dan Crenshaw. 
watch out, folks. They're going to be looking for every chance they can get to keep you alarmed, to scare the crap out of you, to say this was irresponsible action by the president. So what are the things they've thrown at us? Well, number one, they said ISIS isn't completely gone, but, you know, they pretty much have all their territory taken away, and it's difficult to go to every single individual with some radical nonsense in their mind. Then they said, well, now you're giving the country to Russia and Iran. It seems that the Israelis pretty much take care of the Iranians and Hezbollah when they need to. And on Russia, well, I'll get to the fear-mongering over Russia. Because I don't think Russia is this big, bad boogeyman that everybody's making them out to be. I don't think they had that much of a hand in changing any sort of election results. And I don't think they're actually that much of a threat to many parts of the world. But they colluded, Joey. Oh, good They Lord. colluded. Southern Wood, where the hell did you come from? <laughs> don't walk on in on me when I'm flying solo. Dude, I just pop up. Go get help. I told you. You didn't see me. I was taking a nap, but I just pop up every once in a while. The Russians are colluding. They're evil. Collude. They're bad. Yeah? Yeah. And I'm not sure what that means, but I know they're colluding. We'll get to that in a second. I just don't think they're the big, bad Russia bad. Man. Yeah. Just, colluding. They're bad. Orange man bad. Have you ever colluded? Yeah, I've colluded with myself quite often. Well, so you, Especially you don't when want I'm to feeling, be colluding with a Russian. When I'm feeling lonely, when I need a little sexual healing, I often collude with myself, and I feel a lot better. Anywho, they said, oh, no, ISIS isn't completely defeated. Well, yeah, they pretty much are. Oh, no, you're giving the country over to Iran and Russia well, is that the reason we're there? When did Congress declare war on the Iranian presence in Syria? When did we declare war on the Russian presence? And keep in mind, we've actually killed hundreds of Russians or Chechnyans or whatever the hell the Russian mercenaries' ethnic identity happens to be under this president. Hmm. Then they went to the, the Kurds. Oh, the poor Kurds. And Turkey and Erdogan is going to invade the Kurds. They were just grabbing it. We're not any... talking like ways in Kurds. No, no. We're, we're with talking the Kurds like... with a K. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, not the byproduct of curdled milk. A people without a homeland. Oh. Or an official state recognized by the United Nations. They have land. They live in it. They have a society and a history. So we went to the Kurds next after the scare you with ISIS isn't completely dead and, oh, Russia's going to take over, Iran's going to take over. Now we move to the Kurds. And then when that didn't do the trick, they, kept, they really turned it up today, ladies and gentlemen. They really turned it up because a terrible tragedy happened in northern Syria. A single suicide bomber, not a team of guys. Not a tactical force carrying the ISIS flag. Not Toyota pickup trucks or American armaments left behind carried by these wackos. Was it like a bunch of guys like marching 
like an army would, no. like line there are no up, columns, like two or three miles long. No, it w- there's nothing uh, like Alexander or the old Persian Empire. Nothing like that. Or, Not even like the Soviets or the the Germans in World War One or the Nazis. Persian Empire, like five years ago. I mean, there were ISIS troops. They called them marching in a line mm. as an army would, just walking down the street and. No, didn't do anything but about it wasn't, that. Wasn't it wasn't any, that? wasn't any of that. Oh. It was one guy. Now, I'm not making light of this. It's terrible when blood is shed, but this is a problem we've been dealing with in Afghanistan now for 17, 18 years. It's a problem that will persist all around the world as long as this abhorrent, nihilistic ideology that fancies itself a religion, and it's barely even a religion. It's an ideological... Ideological war. Yes, thank you. You have marbles in your mouth? Well, I still, I can't get my words out. I'm glad you're here, Southernwood. I'm glad you're here. Keep me balanced. Make you feel better about yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm just basking in my own glory. You're like the pretty girl, you. and you bring your ugly girlfriend <laughs> exactly. with you. So you it's feel why about it's something actually, and I'm going to out him. It's something Baron Coleman taught me. There's a reason why a lot of women put up Facebook photos or Twitter, photo, whatever. They put up photos in public with other women in the picture with them. Yeah, so they'll look better than exactly. the other women. Well, and, and it's also strength in number. Anyway, we don't have time for that. This isn't a Gillette hat. No, we're talking about ISIS, man. Yes. Come on. Talking about ISIS. Pull it together. Anyway, Pull it together. I'm, I'm glad you're here, Southernwood. But it was one guy, suicide bomber, discovered this is a restaurant Americans and other forces we would like to take out frequent. He was able to get into the restaurant. The explosion was massive. You can actually see on the video people being thrown back from the blast. People, One guy, I think, just falls right over and dies. So two American soldiers died. Two American contractors died. See, we're pulling troops out of Syria, folks, but you better believe there are ununiformed contractors and all different types of things going on in Syria still. Right. Obviously. I think there are probably still outposts with American troops on them. I'd imagine. There's a big fight with Turkey over. We're not leaving the outpost. We want you to leave the outpost so we can recreate the Ottoman Empire. Mm -hmm. So one guy gets into this restaurant, kills four Americans and 12 others. Terrible tragedy. A tragedy that is all too common in areas where you have insurgency. Very tough to stop. So what does the national media do? Well, they immediately run... What is... uh, What's that term? What's that term I'm trying to think of? Uh, Joe Biden, can you can you help me out here, Joe Biden? And Neil Smith, an old butt buddy. Are you here, Neil? Yeah, the butt buddy of the deep state and the military-industrial complex, Lindsey Graham. <gasps> Lindsey was trying to conduct his duties as chair of the Judiciary Committee swearing in and doing a hearing well hopefully eventually swearing in but doing a hearing with Bill Barr William Barr to be the new AG for the Trump administration and he hears the news of this suicide bombing and he goes oh no my worst fears have been realized oh my goodness if we leave 
and we pull out American troops from anywhere on earth, it's going to leave a vacuum and embolden our enemies. And the media runs with it. Lindsey Graham is being quoted all over the media. And now, to a post, uh, if you follow me on the Book of Faces, I made this morning. I don't watch Fox and Friends. It's scripted morning gaga crap, in my opinion. But I don't mind Steve Ducey. I don't mind Ainsley Earhart. I can tolerate them. I think they do their job pretty well, given that it's scripted morning gaga crap. They're pretty good at that stuff. And if that's your cup of tea, fine. And I'm not just knocking Fox. I don't watch those sort of morning shows. If I'm going to listen to a morning show, I'll listen to you know, Greg's show. I mean, today's a Three Men and a Lady's great. All that stuff's same right, crap. Exactly. It's supposed to be light. Good morning, you know, America. But you think, though, when you're doing sort of morning gaga, you know, the sun is shining and the better, that you'd want to keep it mostly lighthearted. You might have a, a little bit of a foreign policy update, but you don't want to show people being blown up right, you know, first thing in the morning. But that's what Fox and Friends just runs with. And, you know, I mentioned I can stand Steve Ducey. I can stand Ansley Earhart, Ainsley. But there's this one guy that I think I disdain more than even Rachel Maddow. And it's not for ideological reasons necessarily, though that's part of it, because of my flaming libertarian ways. But I've learned, Southernwood, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I've learned to talk to intelligent people who disagree with me. Like, I actually like hearing intelligent yeah. arguments. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. Yeah, but this one guy I just cannot stand because, and I just want to punch him right in his brown nose, deep state, Toss her face. Brian Kilmeade. I don't know who that is. Brian lives up perfectly. He's one of the the trio there on Fox and Friends in the Morning. He lives, this quote right here, the whole aim of practical politics is to keep the populace alarmed. Okay, I got you. Clamorous for safety. Yeah. Brian is at the same time clamoring for safety, and yet also the messenger to millions that you should be very scared and angry. He's terrible on your basic liberties as found in the Fourth Amendment, and he's terrible on the idea that the Constitution gives the legislature the power to declare war, and he's terrible, terrible on understanding the things at stake, even if you disagree on the geopolitical stage, something like Syria, that's incredibly complicated. So go back, the single suicide bomber kills four Americans, and they have on Rand Paul, senator from Kentucky, the junior senator. And at first they talk about the shutdown and Rand's idea, oh, Pelosi doesn't want in the House, why don't we do it in the Senate? My boy, the senior senator from Kentucky, runs the Senate, why don't you come on in? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's ridiculous. Then they go to the question of Syria. And they, they play, of all people, when you have Rand Paul there talking to you, they play 30 seconds of Lindsey Graham. Now, Senator, how do you respond? Have you changed your mind, Senator, about applauding the president for withdrawing from Syria? 
And he says, no. They've been fighting for a thousand years over there. And before he can even start getting a sentence, one sentence done, Brian's jumping in. They do that. They do that to Ron Paul. I mean, yep. they do that to him every single time because that they, they have him on. They don't have the correct opinions. No, no, it's it's not just that, Joey. The thing is, they cannot argue with what he is saying, and he goes so much further uh, intellectually on a question that they can't even form another question. They have to go back to the sheet and say, "No, Ron Paul." You need to be asked. Oh, I wasn't supposed to read that part. <laughs> Ask him this. I mean, that's the really, I mean, honest to goodness, that's but, the way they are. Think about it. Think about it this way. When, and it, it, it's going to sound like Republican versus Democrat, but when George W. Bush was president, yeah. every night, every single cotton picking freaking night, when the worldwide news come on, whether it's NBC, CBS, ABC, every night. 16 people killed tonight in the war in the Middle East. Yeah. 14 people killed. The death toll is up to 237 for this year. Every single night, that's what you got. When I heard that story yesterday about uh, ISIS is claiming right. responsibility for, one for a suicide bomber yep. killing, and it is. It is very tragic for the, the four that we lost. It's the nature of this war. It's very tragic. But when I heard that yesterday, you know what I thought about? When's the last time you heard about ISIS killing somebody? Exactly. When's the last time you heard about that? Well, and also during George W. Bush's time, you heard all about the death tolls in Iraq and Afghanistan. Barack Obama comes in. Yeah, we heard all about getting out of Iraq, but we didn't hear about the fact that most people in Afghanistan who died, it happened under Obama's frickin' watch. And that's the hypocrisy of the dead-blame news media. Yes. And because that is supposed to be, it isn't. Or maybe it is, but it's not what they're doing. Supposedly, that's what the news media is supposed to be. Give us the facts. No, they're not, though. They have been, they've been no, co-opted. propaganda. And it is completely, and it just absolutely makes me want to kiss a sick dog in the ass the way that these people are treating this. Four years ago, the war was terrible, and now they're raising hell because we want to get out of the war. They elected yep. Barack Obama because he says, I'm closing Gitmo. I'm getting out of the Middle East. Did he close Gitmo? No. Did he get out of the Middle East? No. He actually increased our presence in the Middle East. Thank you. And then Trump just comes out and says, and I'm not even talking about getting out of the Middle East. Trump just says, hey, we're going to get out of Syria. And we're going to move our troops 50 miles into Iraq. 2,000 troops. Yeah. Now, if one of those troops is kin to you, that's a huge number. That's it your is. entire life. But 2,000 troops of right. all of, of our military, and we're going to pull them out, and that's going to ruin the world? And then all of a sudden, after a year and a half of no word from ISIS, 
you have this bomber. That's just too freaking suspicious for me. Well, I mean, that's just... Exactly. And again, it goes back to the role of people like Brian Kilme, but it's not just Brian. It's every Yahoo and every Gaga propaganda globalist corporatist network. Yeah, Baron, you're right. That their job is to keep the population alarmed with a series of hobgoblins, most of them imaginary. And then this is this is the icing on the cake, Southernwood, and I'm glad you're here, especially that kiss a sick dog in the um, comment. Brian Kilmeade's response to Senator Rand Paul is, if we get out, we're going to have another 9-11. So one suicide bomber in Syria means we're going to have another 9-11? It's asinine. Talk about hyperbolic, and I know that, like the back of my hand. It'd be nice if they had somebody on with Rand Paul that, you know, would actually have a good discussion. I'm not just, I agree with the senator from Kentucky, the junior senator. I agree with the president. But I have listened to plenty of people who disagree, and that's fine. But there are ways to go about this. And my point is not that I hate disagreement. I like it when it's in good faith, when it's high-minded, when it's the best arguments we can muster and marshal together. But when it's crap like, we're going to get another 9-11 and you don't care about American security, Senator Paul. That's BS. And it's the stuff that we've been doing for two decades. Foreign policy by media freakout and emotion. It's nuts. And I'm emotional right now because I want to punch that little twerp in the face. I want a charity bout. Let's raise 50 grand and I'll take you down, Brian Kilmeade. I'll take you down quick. And see, that's what goes back to the way you open the program. You have to have chaos because what happens when a chaotic situation, say you're at your house and you hear a window bust at 1230 at night Mm. you're on alert you go into save mode and you do things that might be irrational think about because you just have to react as quick as you can and you may not be old enough do you remember 9-11 do you remember that day i remember remember it yes i was young but i remember At, at when when that happened it was like you just you raise up and you're like i cannot believe that something happened. I, I remember the entire day from start to finish. I can tell you every step I took, every place I went that entire. My, you know, people talk about when JFK got killed. Right. I'm not old enough to remember that. Norma. Yeah. But with that day, just it was like it lasted a, a month. Yeah. I remember every second of it. And the feelings you have that we've been attacked, we don't know what it is. And as the information came in, it was like, holy, you know, crap, somebody is shooting bombs at us. And then it's, no, it's airplanes. And it's... It's chaos. You go into save mode, you know, flight or fight. And, you know, the alphas go into fight. It's like... Let's go find these SOBs and kill them. Well, I'll tell you this. That's why they keep us scared, because you are willing to give up. Where did the TSA come from? Where did all this other crap come from? Is Yeah, 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 you can have my cell phone. If it's going to help you keep somebody from flying into the World Trade Center again, you can have my cell phone. Yep. You give up 
your liberty. And who was it that said, oh, crap. I can't remember the saying. Those who trade their liberty for liberty, security deserve nothing. Liberty for freedom. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And, and that's what you, or that's what you end up with. You yeah. end up with neither. And and that's what we have done. If we we said, yeah, 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 do all this. And the, let me give you my thoughts because I was I was young. What was nine eleven? Seventeen years ago, essentially. So I was twelve, thirteen years old. And I remember, number one, to your point, it was the first time in my life where I recognized, without it being like a real abstract thought, but just I, it was a feeling that the adults around me are actually scared. Not like, oh, they're shaking their boots, but they're, act, they're acting very differently. And then I also remember my teacher wheeling in, this is back when you didn't have TVs already in there, wheeled in on one of those huge carts, some 50-pound monstrosity TV, into the room and let us watch. And I wasn't, like, scared in the sense of, oh, no, I feel unsafe. I wasn't, like, maybe I was too young in that sense to have that sense of security an adult might have and... America's invincible feeling, the post-war feeling for the longest time. My thought was this. Very simple. I'm not claiming to be an alpha, but my thought was we need to kill whoever did this. And that's what George... I mean, George W. Bush, Bush. that's what he said. He says, we're going to find these people and we're going to kill them. But then think back now, nearly two decades, what have we done and you had people in the Bush administration, then the Obama administration. Now you have people telling this president that this is a multi-generational effort. We killed the mastermind behind 9-11, but... Or did we? We also took out Saddam Hussein, took out Gaddafi. Uh, Saddam Hussein, whom we put in power. We encouraged the Arab Spring... Which saw the government of Egypt throw overthrown and Mubarak done, only to elect the Muslim Brotherhood. So we let's have another coup. So the Egyptian army takes over. The Arab Spring pops up in Syria, where there are plenty of people in the Obama administration and Hillary Clinton, especially wanting to topple another secular dictator in the Middle East that we funded. Trillions of dollars, thousands of American lives lost, but all people dead. In this whole affair, Iraq, Afghanistan, Libya, Syria, we're contributing to the chaos in Yemen. It's over 500,000 dead. Not to mention millions displaced, which is really disrupting the fabric of Europe with refugee flows. You know, I'm all for, I'm a very, I tend to be more open. Like, I want legal immigration that is as generous as possible. I want big, big doors. But I have enough sense to know that when you have major refugee flows because of war, that hell, many of these European states help prosecute, that's not going to be good for society. Joey, it was the perfect plan. It was the perfect plan. So this is this is my perspective, though. When I sit here and I listen to some little twerp on what's supposed to be a morning Gaga show, here's what's going on in the world, try to tell a senator 
something. We're going to have another 9-11, and you don't care. Are we really going to fall for this crap again? Foreign policy by media freakout? Or are we going to extricate ourselves from this quagmire in the Middle East the best we can? We do it responsibly. And you know what gives me peace of mind to say this stuff in a military town, which is mostly the reason why I was born here, because of my mother's side of the family, having served in the Air Force. I still see my grandfather who served pretty much every weekend. I'm not knocking those people who serve. And what gives me peace of mind is when you look at surveys of the military time and time again, people that have actually fought and served towards a duty in these theaters of war, they are now saying we've been there too long, whether it's Iraq or Afghanistan or the like. They understand. It's not everybody, and there's room for disagreement, of course, folks. And everybody's still devoted to killing people like those that knocked down the buildings on 9-11, knocked down the Twin Towers. But the way we've been going about things, it doesn't always seem like that's the real goal. And it pisses me off when I think of my 12-year-old self saying we need to kill these SOBs that knocked down the Twin Towers and killed thousands of Americans. And yet, we only seem to be making the problem worse. Sometimes it seems like we're, it's a measuring contest between us and Russia. Sometimes it feels like an empire game, like we're playing a game of risk. And I didn't sign up for either of those, measuring contest or playing empire, and most Americans didn't either. Most Americans were definitely on board to kill the people that attacked us on 9-11 and changed this country. They weren't. If you told them, well, here's your future for the next two decades, most of them wouldn't have said, hell no, what the hell did we do? Well, it is. And so I don't want to hear any scare or fear-mongering. If you want to disagree with me, I want to hear sober analysis, and I'm more than happy to hear that. But you're not going to get it from the news networks, folks. Not often. Well, That's it- pretty rare. In essence, if you want to kill the people that caused 9-11, you need to start looking closer to the house than overseas. It may have been dark-skinned people from the Middle East, but they didn't do it by themselves. Hmm. They were enabled by someone much closer to you, I guarantee on to you. I don't know about that. But and, well, and, and I, I, don't, I don't know... I mean, none of us know. I mean, we didn't see them. We weren't in the planes, but that kind of crap doesn't happen on accident. Go try to get on a damn plane and yeah, and fly it, Joey. Fair enough. But when we come back, I, I really want to address this idea of vacuums in Russia. Because I think they're, yes, things can go bad. But I think our bigger fear, why we have measuring contests... Um, has a lot to do with us, what we've done, with good intentions, and for, well, with lip service to good principles of liberty and justice for all, but I'll explain after the break. Joey Clark. Take no prisons tonight. Nico, come on with the, come on. Hold your bread with a lunatic, come on. 
Joey Clark. This is called Chicken Grease. It's called Chicken Grease, folks. Welcome back. That's the best. It's so funky. Well, actually, it's not. Bacon grease is the best. But it's so funky. It's so white. See, when I want to stop being scared and realize that most of what the news throws at me is BS, I just put on some funky music. And then also music that just melts your face off like this. It's nasty. Stank. Yeah, I know. But back to the topic at hand. Great article I discovered uh, by Ted Galen Carpenter. It's on the American Conservative. And it's called, Russia Sure Behaves Strangely for a Country Bent on Conquest. Now, he says, it's conduct, Russia's conduct, have been abrasive and aggressive, yes, but there's no evidence that Moscow harbors expansionist ambitions. And he goes through a pretty darn good argument for it. For instance, when Russia got involved in war with Georgia, not Obviously, this our state of Georgia next door to Alabama here. But Georgia in the caucus. Georgia. Yeah, right. Georgia. The EU did an independent report on that war. And who did they blame for starting it? Georgia. There was all sorts of ethnic cleansing going on in the country. So Russia responded... And you would think, and Russia won that. Now, they weren't as effective as they would have hoped. But they end up winning it. They easily could have marched to the capital in Georgia, taken out the president. But why would an expansionist power pull back? Well, they did. Uh, Joey, you're, you're a very intelligent person. Mm-hmm. And you know your history well. Mm-hmm. What did uh, what did Rome do? Like they did a lot of Romans. things. They bathed a lot. What what did well? But what did they do when they went in and conquered other nations? They would go in. They would, and at the end of the Roman Empire. I mean, they didn't even have to do anything right. until they were conquered from within. They just much. went in and said, hey, we're fixing to kill every one of y'all, or y'all can come to our side, mm-hmm. and the people would go along. And so what did they do? They took a local. If they were taking over Montgomery, they would come to Montgomery, and they'd go to Todd Strange and say, look here, uh, what we're going to do, we're going to kill every man, woman, child, and animal in Montgomery, or we can make you governor of Montgomery. Yeah. And let you run it, but you have to answer to us. Right. That's what the Roman Empire did. So you have a semblance of we're Same still in control. Right. Herod in the Bible. Same with the ancient Persian Empire, yes. And that's what they did. And it's very, very smart because you don't have to go through the killing and repopulating the area. 
You just make them subjects of yours. Right. And that's what they did. And in a sense, that's what the UN has done in the Middle East. You've got all these tribes. They forced them into yes. boundaries and said, this line right here, you cannot cross. What do you do? So you don't have children. I have children. If I tell one of my kids, do not go past this point, the first thing they're going to do is run right up to the point and see how close they can get to it. And they're going to look over it. And they're going to stick their foot out and kind of touch the ground right. a little bit or something. And that's what the UN did is there are so many, we don't get it over here. Basically, in the United States, we've got blacks and whites. Mm -hmm. And you can say, I mean, originally from the founding of the country, you can say we've got blacks, whites, and Indians is what we have. And over there, within a piece of property the size of the state of Alabama, you've got 15 different right. ethnic groups. Yes. And... That are prone to conflict, yes. It, no, they're not prone to conflict. I don't think that's a strong enough word. They have animosity against one another. Yes. It is kill and conquer is the way that they have been for years and years. I mean, we've got the history of it. And when the UN forced these people to live inside of certain boundaries... The only thing that can hold it together is an iron fist. And then we fund, the United States of America has done that. In Iraq, Iran, it, it, Saudi Arabia may be a little bit different, but we fund them. We're like, oh, Iran's getting too big. Let's fund Iraq. That's how Saddam Hussein got invented. And, oh, my God, he's gotten too big. Now he's going to take Kuwait. Now we've got to take him yes. out. And and then when you take him out, what happens? Then you've got the Kurds and and you've got all these other people that are fighting for that piece of property. Right, and we've decided that the United States can manage all this. The UN decided it, and the United States took on the responsibility of fulfilling yes. what the UN UN has decided. Bigger the British and the French, and yeah. in great part funding it. Yes, but here here hold on. This is where I come back to Russia, though. Russia is not... And here's the context. You had Hillary Clinton saying, this is how Russia, after Ukraine and the Crimea annexation, this is how Germany acted in the 30s. He wants to put the Soviet Union back together. Now, no doubt, Vladimir Putin thought the Soviet Union's fall was a great humiliation. And he thought the years under Boris Yeltsin, after the fall of the Soviet Union, were a great humiliation. But a lot of people think... They're not the voices you hear on mainstream networks, and I'd be happy to talk this out with somebody smarter than I and more informed on this issue. But it seems to me they're acting like a regional power. They're acting like somebody who doesn't want crap going on in their own backyard. So they do an incursion to Ukraine. When a coup happens in that country, they go into Georgia when there's chaos on their borders. And when a longtime ally like Assad... While they're also kind of backing the Iranians, it's in their interest, and he's about to be toppled. Yes, they are. Uh, they're interested in that. God, that sounds evil. Who does that sound like? A, a a country that is just trying to protect themselves by invading other countries and putting them down. Who? What other country? Ooh, it's right on the tip of your tongue, isn't it? Oh, oh, us. Yeah. 
And this is the last paragraph of this article. Too many Americans act as though we are still confronting the Soviet Union at the height of its power and ambitions. It will be the ultimate tragic irony if, having avoided war with a messianic, totalitarian global adversary, we now stumble into war because of an out-of-date image of and policy towards a conventional regional power. Yet, unless U.S. leaders change both their mindsets and their policies towards Russia, that outcome is a real danger. Now, how much of a danger, I'm not sure, but you just hit the nail on the head. Why do we abhor a vacuum? Because we're worried that nations like Russia, and especially like China, will behave how we have behaved, but with different values. And we might be right. Because we've given a hell of a model for how to dominate the world. And I, I think, actually, Joe, I think it may go more towards the economical side of it. Well, that too. Because it's complicated. Who, who was in Afghanistan 35 years ago? The Soviet Union. And how long did they stay there? Oh, a long time. 15 some odd years then they couldn't finance it anymore. So who moves in right behind them as soon as they leave? Tanks still sitting out in the desert. The United States of America. Oh, we helped Because the, we've got well, the money. We helped the Mujahideen. And so what's that do? That lets Russia save their money, build their military up, so now there's another the, threat. What's interesting, scared. Russia has modernized their military recently. Better weapons, high-tech weapons. But, you know, their military budget is down by $2 billion. Well, Since last year? I don't know. The scud didn't work too good. Well, let's go to the phones talk to Patrick before we run out of show. Hey, Patrick, thank you for holding. Gentlemen, how's it going? I'm doing very well. Good. Hey, Patrick. Oh, man. You know, the, the media, they've got they've got me hiding in a corner crying right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your, your quote you were searching for earlier, um, those who would trade liberty for essential safety, or essential liberty for safety, deserve neither and would get neither there you go uh, amen that was that was benjamin franklin yeah deserve neither that's that's the word i was hunting for was deserve but uh you know i'm if this, this is getting out of hand it really really is certain um uh what's the word i'm looking for Certain, certain... Uh, I've kind of lost where I was going with that. <laughs> but no, I wanted to uh, share the quote. Uh, I appreciate it, Patrick. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, Miami's on the phone. Well, with this silky voice, I can't deny him. How you doing, sir? <laughs> right back at you. That's what draws me to the, to the radio, <laughs> sir. Your voice. <laughs> um, just a little food for thought. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to read uh, any of the translated uh, Putin speeches. And it's uh, just a little food for thought. It's very pro-nation, yeah. pro-family, pro-hard work. Yes. Now, just those three categories, quite honestly, that, that's how I was raised. Oh, yeah. It's there. I actually have... The not this year, but last year, I read Putin's sort of address to the nation. A lot of it's boring. It's like we need to create more infrastructure between us and China. We've been slow on that, and but yeah, you're right. He believes he wants to make Moscow almost the third Rome. Like we really are the Christian nation against the debauched West. Um, we really do believe in family and order. 
Um, yeah, it's auto. Uh, what is it? Autocracy, orthodoxy, and order, I believe. But yeah, I mean, there are common things. It's our relationship with Russia is weird because we do hold things in common in terms of tradition. But then they have. We we're both very paranoid about one another. I think because of our strength, and it just keeps well, leading to bad. I decisions. would agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I just wanted to add that to the uh, to the conversation. Thank you. And sir. Uh, great show as always. Um, and thank you very much for your time. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it, Miami. I really do. You know the one thing though. Hmm. That dang Lundrum dude. Was it Dorf Lundrum tried to fight Rocky? I just I just can't like Russia. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I just there's can't. the media messing with your mind. I get that. Oh, I guess that was the USSR. But and by the way, they were run by Russia. By the way, I haven't seen the Gillette ad. This is all I'm going to say about it. Stop talking about it. You're playing right into their advertising strategy, you marks. Mm. You create controversy. Everybody starts saying the name Gillette, 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 Gillette. I, I kind of like to racers, <laughs> and I don't see myself changing because I've got like five. You don't, you don't, you don't shave with a straight blade. What's wrong with you? Thanks for joining me, Southernwood. Thanks for listening, folks. Be back tomorrow. Joey Clark.